0: the 7th of December, 2006, episode 59. The Rookie Designer, with your host, Adam Hay. Let's take a look at the
1: starting lineup.
0: As designers, we have many tools at our disposal and using them correctly is usually the challenge that we face on a daily basis. One of the biggest decisions you may have to face when designing a piece is what colors to use. Now, There are countless colors and color combinations to choose from, each with their own inherent meaning or connotation. Today we're going to try and look at some of the issues with choosing colors for our designs.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen.
0: Got a few things that we need to go over before we jump into the topic for today. Uh, First of all, I've been receiving a lot of emails about the back episodes, the ones that have been taken off the feed. And those are episodes number one through 20. Those are actually up now for you to go get them. And uh, yes, I finally got off my lazy duff and put them up for you. And if you go to our website at rookiedesigner.com slash rookie, you're going to notice some changes up in the main navigation right underneath the little Rookie Designer logo, the main navigation up there where it says home contact links, podcasting 101. There's a new one there that says archive. If you click on that, it'll take to you take you to a page where there are links to go get all of the first 20 episodes of Rookie Designer. And um, the way they're set up, it's kind of strange, but it it was the best way for me to be able to do it, and I can actually still track how many people download these things. So um, maybe a little extra effort on your part, but hopefully you won't mind that. So if you click on one of these links, it's gonna take you to a new page. And uh, this is, uh, it says Powered by DreamHost, and that's the, the host that I use. So basically, I, I'm able to put these things up, and you can download them. Uh, you're going to see it says this file is free, and I want to remind everybody that these are still free. I'm not charging for these things. But something that's kind of strange here, you have to actually, it says add it to your cart. So you got to add it to a cart, like a shopping cart, to download it. So if you click on that, it says whichever one that you, you clicked on says it's been added to your cart and it says checkout. Now, if, now, if you click on that, you're going to see whichever ones you've added. Now you can go through the whole list. And if you go back, actually, you're going to see on, on every single page, I put a link to the next one. So you should have all one through 20. So you can just go through all those pages and add them all to your cart. And then when you go to checkout, you're going to need to actually enter an email address, and create a password for yourself and create uh, basically create an account for yourself on this thing. Once you do that once, you'll be all set. Then you can go up and download as many of them as you want, and you won't have to do that again. But uh, you are going to have to create an account that first time, and then you'll be able to get all of these for free. And as I take all of the episodes off of the feed, they are going to go up in here. So uh, if you do want to be able to go download those old episodes, then it's going to be advantageous to you to set up this account right now and, and just have that all taken care of so that you can go download these whenever you want. And that's how you do that. If anybody has any questions, you can always email me, Adam at rookie designer.com and I'll help you out with that. Uh, a couple of ways you can help me. First of all is to go download the quick tips episodes 39 through 41. I did mention the last couple of times that I do have a sponsor for that now. And, uh, well, it goes off of downloads. I get paid off of how many downloads I get. So even if you don't usually watch that one, you could really be doing me a favor by going over to uh, to that website or actually subscribing to it in iTunes or however you get your podcasts. Subscribe to that and make sure you download those three, and uh, that would be much appreciated. And if you haven't checked it out yet, uh, definitely definitely watch those movies because they are, uh, I think they can be a big help, and they are actual tutorials, videos of me on the, on the computer screen showing you how to do different things in the different design applications. So something we can all use. Other ways you can help me is just telling your your friends, your, your classmates, your co-workers about this podcast. I say it every time, but it's really important to me that you guys spread the word because that's the only way people find out about this. I'm not doing my own advertising campaigns. I can't afford to do that because I don't get paid enough to do this. And in some cases, I don't get paid at all. So you can help me out by telling other people about it. And also, I've been mentioning lately, if you are tied or affiliated to some kind of publication or a website, or you you know someone who is, or you'd like to just maybe write a letter to the editor to one of these things, that would be much appreciated, too. Uh, any coverage that we could get for this podcast, obviously, is going to help, because once again, I don't have the money to uh, launch a big advertising campaign, so... Couple of pieces of news from the software companies. Uh, Adobe actually won an Emmy for their work on some of the major television network podcasts, or not podcasts, but websites. Uh, I mentioned a few back that you go to sites like ABC.com now or NBC.com. You can usually download the latest episode of a of a uh, TV show, and they do this using Flash Video. And that was the whole thing I was talking about in that episode was that somebody was trying to tell me or tell my colleagues that uh, flash video is not the way to go. And here we are, they've won an Emmy because that's what they use to deliver their, their video content on their website. So it definitely is the best way to go about doing things. And you can tell by this, uh, if nothing else swayed you, then this should, they actually won an Emmy for, for their work on the website. Uh, Fireworks nine is actually being developed. Now, when uh, Macromedia was was taken over by Adobe, a lot of people thought a couple of things, myself included. We thought that Go Live was going to go away, and that hasn't happened yet. We also thought that uh, Fireworks could would go away because basically Photoshop is the, the big-time raster graphics application. But apparently they're seeing some use for this still. There is a lot of uh, web connotations for this, uh, web uses for it to develop... Different navigation and buttons and different types of web graphics. So, this is actually in development and it is going to be coming out a new version of Fireworks. Also, I received an email, I'll put the link in the show notes for you, and uh, something new that came out. It's called QX Tools. And basically, it's a big package of extensions for Quark Express 7. So if you are a Quark user and you just bought 7, this might be something that interests you. But you get a big package of extensions for $99. So uh, definitely check that out. Once again, I'll put the link in the show notes if you are interested in that. All right, so this is another topic that we're going to do today that I've been getting tons and tons of emails on everybody wants to know, how do I go about picking my colors? And there's definitely a bunch of different ways I could have gone with this podcast. I chose to go the theory route because I, I think it's hard to just kind of point out ways to to choose colors without knowing the theory behind it. You have to know how colors work together or against each other to know how you're going to choose colors for your design and also how they make people react to them, because that's really what we're trying to do here. We're we're getting a reaction out of people by by making our designs look certain ways, and uh, color definitely plays a huge part in that. So um, we're going to be doing the color theory route. So this might be a long one, but uh, I hope I hope everybody enjoys it, and I hope you're able to keep the focus on it because it's not always the most uh, inviting stuff. It's not it's not. Maybe so interesting to you, but it's things that you need to know, and it's going to help you really pick the right colors for your designs, which is a very, very important thing, as we said in the beginning of the show. Um, picking colors can really make or break your design, depending on what what kind of uh, message you're trying to get across. So anyways, let's just start at the beginning here. Um, again, you, you really have to know how colors work with each other, or as I said, sometimes they work against each other but when they work against each other it's advantageous to you as we'll see later on Uh, it's it's really going to help you choose wisely for your designs if for one thing you know how these colors are going to work with each other uh, what kind of kind of different moods you can evoke by doing so and also you have to know what you're trying to accomplish with your ad or with your design Uh, that always comes first we've said that many times a lot of people design things to look cool. Looking cool is not the objective here, at least in, in most cases. In most cases, you're trying to sell a product or you know, convince somebody to, to join a group or or to do something maybe they normally wouldn't without looking at your design. So keep all those things in mind. Uh, what is color? Color is actually light And the colors that we see are are actually those in the visible spectrum, and those would be red, orange, yellow, blue, green, and violet. And colors can be described in three ways, or they actually are described in three ways. Uh, Chroma is how pure a hue is in relation to the color gray. Saturation is the degree of purity of a hue. Intensity is the brightness or dullness of a hue. And uh, this can be achieved a couple of different ways as well. A shade is actually a, a a darker version of a hue, and basically you add black to do that. A tint is a lighter version of a hue, and you add white to get that. And then finally, luminance and value is the measure of the amount of light reflected from the hue. And the more white you have coming out of that color, is going to equal a higher luminance or a higher value. So there's a couple of different ways that we use color and the first one is called subtractive color and in subtractive color you actually start with white and end up with black meaning the the more colors you add the darker it's going to get you're gonna end up with a darker color and examples of this would be paint uh, inks if you're if you're printing something in c m y k if you add a bunch of inks all in together you're going to end up with black eventually now the uh the flip side to that one are called additive colors and this one we begin with black and we end up with white kind of the uh the other side to what we just said you end up with lighter colors with the more colors you add when you're using additive color and additive color of course would be when you're looking at colors on your monitor. The monitor starts out black, the more colors you add to it, the lighter it gets. And uh, those, of course, are are measured in a couple different ways. RGB, lab colors, um, of course the colors that you use on your website, that kind of thing. All right, for this next part I'm actually going to refer you to the website. Uh, I want you guys to go and hopefully you're on a computer when you're listening to this. If you're not, then you're gonna to have to go and check this out a little bit later. But uh, go up to the website rookiedesigner.com/rookie, and go to the show notes for this show, and click on the link for the the bullpen. And this is uh, this is something that's gonna go along with what I'm talking about here. I I, I can't really give you the URL because it's really huge. But if you go and click on that link, you'll you'll be brought to this page. It's on Sessions Online School of Design. And right in the middle of the page, you're going to see uh, a little thing that says to launch the color calculator, click here. So I want you to go ahead and click on that one. And it's going to bring up a little flash utility that gives you uh, basically a color picker. And uh, we'll be looking at that for this this next part. Uh, I want to talk about the color wheel. And if you open up that little flash utility that I'm talking about, you're going to see down at the bottom, uh, it's in a little section called Harmony, and it actually has a color wheel in it. This is what a color wheel looks like. If you've never seen one, when I was in school, we actually went through, uh, all the basic things. I think I've said this before. We went through all the basic theory things of design, color, all that stuff. We actually had to paint our own color wheel to, to be able to learn, you know, the relationship between these colors. So color wheel is, uh, is basically colors arranged by their chromatic relationships. Now usually you're going to start out with primary colors, and those are the basic colors, your red, yellow, and blue, and these are colors that you can't mix other colors to get. These are just colors in in their most basic form, their most pure form, I guess you'd say. Next you would have secondary colors, and you get these by mixing two of the primary colors together. I'm sure everybody knows yellow and blue makes green from the the old Ziploc bags, Um, but That's basically a secondary color. It comes from mixing two of the primary colors. Next, we have our tertiary colors. And you get these by mixing a primary and a secondary color together. And a couple of other things you'll find on the color wheel. And we're going to go over some of these other ones later. But uh, complementary colors. And these are colors that are exactly opposite sides of the color wheel. And if you go to, if you're on, if you're looking at the little, uh, the flash thing with me, you can see right next to the color wheel, there's a bunch of buttons. If you click on the one at the bottom that says complement, you can see that uh, it'll circle two of the colors and it has arrows pointing exactly across the wheel. Now, if you click any color in that wheel, you can see it grabs the exact opposite color from that. And that will be, that will be coming up a little bit later as well. Uh, The the last one is analogous colors, which are located close together on the wheel. Those would be ones that are maybe right next to each other, or maybe just a few colors off from each other. Now, the the color wheel can be split into two halves, and these two halves can be described as one half would be active, and these are going to be the lighter colors, the ones that are more warm, more saturated, and these are going to be more of your your light purples or your, your violets, all the way around to your lighter greens. So that would encompass all the reds, the oranges, the yellows, and some of the lighter greens as well. The passive colors would be basically the other side. And these are the darker colors, which are more cool. They're lower in saturation. And those are going to be your darker purples, blues, and your darker greens. A couple of things about active and passive colors. Um, Active colors appear to advance or stand out when they're placed with passive colors. And uh, you're going to find this, this is why complementary colors work so well, because you're picking basically one from each side of the color wheel. Now, you're not always necessarily going to have an active and a passive one. There are spaces in the color wheel where where you're not necessarily going to get that. But for the most part, you are going to get that. Some things you may notice if you, if you get the right combination of complementary colors, though, uh, some strange things may start to happen. Uh, the, if you have like a text on top of another color and they're complementary colors, sometimes the, the text actually may appear to be vibrating or moving a little bit when you look at it, just because of the way that the two colors react against each other. Uh, other things you might notice are, it might look like it has a beveled edge, or it might look like it has white around the type. So just some things that you might notice when using these, uh, colors. The keys to the game! Our key command for today actually comes from InDesign, and this is a key command that will open the text frame options. This is going to come in handy many, many times. If you're typing in a text frame and you need to change certain things, like uh, you want to add a column to it, you need to change the gutter in between your columns, Uh, if you need inset spacing. From any direction, uh, if you need to align your text vertically, and uh, also there's a very important little checkbox in this one, and it's called Ignore Text Wrap. And sometimes when you you add images to your your design and you need to put some kind of wrap on there so that the type wraps around the image. Sometimes you, you might want to have a little label for your picture or you need something else. You need something in a text box that, that needs to ignore that text wrap. That's when you're going to use that. So that comes in handy as well. But these, this is a very good way to, to get to these controls very quickly if you're typing in your text box. And to get this on the Mac, we're going to press Command and B as in boy. And on the PC, it's Control and B. So for color combinations, there's a lot of different options here as well. The first one is called Monochromatic. And this is going to be a shade or a tint variation of the same hue. And you see a lot of this. And uh, actually, a good example is both of my blogs, both of my websites, the Rookie Designer and the Quick Tips. You'll notice I basically start out with one color. The Rookie is a color of gray grayish blue. and The Quick Tips for Designers is kind of a brownish color, and I'd say it works more on the Quick Tips because I have brown, and then I have like a lighter tan, and then a lighter tan still, and then a a really light tan. On Rookie Designer, I actually added in another color to go along with that, which was the brown, but uh, if you take the brown out of the equation, I have a dark blue, a lighter blue, an even lighter blue, and a really bright blue. So this would be a good example of monochromatic. It's basically taking one, one color or one hue and either making tints, which again would be a lighter variation of that color, or taking a darker variation of that color. Complementary, as we just stated in the last little section there, are colors that are across from one another on the color wheel. And uh, they kind of play off of each other. Uh, most of the time, one being very active and one being very passive. Split Complementary. Uh, that's, that would be one hue plus two equally spaced complements. And if we go back to the little flash thing that has a color wheel on it, if you click on the triangle, that is a good example of a splint complementary color combination. You can see if you drag the thing around no matter where it goes, those two complementary colors are evenly spaced apart from each other. So you have the one color that you choose, which would be the, the top of the triangle, And uh, you have the the bottom two, which are the complementary ones. There's also what's called a double complementary. And this is uh, two sets of complementary colors. So you have two hues, two main hues, and two complementary colors that go along with those. And good examples of these, uh, again, on that same color wheel application, you're going to choose the rectangle button to the left of the color wheel. And you can see you have two main colors there. And you have two complementary colors that are right across the wheel from them. And then, of course, the square is another example of that as well. It's doing pretty much the same thing. The next one is the uh, analogous colors, color combination. And again, analogous colors are those that are located adjacent to each other on the color wheel. So it's ones that are either right next to each other or ones that are very, very close to each other on the same side of the wheel. And the last one we have is called the triad. And this, again, is something that you're going to find if you look on that Flash application with Color Wheel, look to the left, you'll see a button right in the middle that says Triad. And these are three equally spaced colors on the Color Wheel, just another way to get different combinations. And of course, if you haven't noticed before, when you're clicking on the different colors in the Color Wheel, right above that it says Design, and there's a few different buttons you can use there. The one I'm generally looking at here is kind of split uh, diagonally in the middle, and It has two background colors and then uh, dots that are another color on top of that. And I find that that's a very good one to kind of look at and really be able to see what's going on with the colors and the contrast and whatnot. And actually, contrast is uh, the next thing on the list to talk about. Contrast is a big thing. It, It plays a big part in your designs. And especially when we're talking about text, you have to be very careful about your contrast if you're using text you really have to make sure that it's readable and to do that you have to have enough contrast between the type and the paper or the type and the background and background of course we'd be talking about things like video or web design and this is a big problem this this creates a big problem sometimes there's not enough contrast i'm sure you've seen websites like that where the color of the type is a little bit too close to the background or maybe there's some kind of image in the background and there's not enough contrast in the text to separate it from what's in the background. And you can also have the flip side of that. You could have too much contrast. And this is kind of what I was talking about with the uh, the complementary colors kind of having weird effects. Sometimes you'll see a, a website, and it, it's usually ones that have very dark backgrounds, uh, ones that have a black background or maybe a really dark blue and then they put something like a red color on it, and uh, it makes it very, very hard to read, because the way these colors interact with each other, it's almost like they're trying to overtake one another. And if you've ever stared at a, a web page like that for too long, it, your eyes almost get tired of looking at it, and it's it's really a chore to read it. So you got to make sure that you're not doing stuff like that for sure. But uh, even in even in printed materials you got to make sure that there's enough contrast so that the text is easy to read. Now there's something called simultaneous contrast and that's kind of what I was talking about with the the dark background background website with the uh, uh, lighter colored text on it. Now sometimes this works. Uh, One of the best contrast color combinations is actually yellow and black. It seems to really, really bring out that yellow and makes it very easy to see. But if even if you go to a web page that has a black background and the type is in yellow, it's going to be very, very hard to read. And uh, the reason for that is it has this simultaneous contrast where, like I said, both colors are almost vying for your attention. And it al- almost makes this the type or whatever it is appear to be moving because the two colors are, are trying to overtake one another. Now, another topic that comes up when we're talking about contrast is more or less. Do I use more contrast or less contrast? And, uh, well, it really has, has to do with a lot of things. The mood of your, your piece, um, who it's geared towards. And there's a couple of ways that you can definitely help adjusting the contrast. If you want less contrast, then you're probably going to want to be using tints of colors, Adding white to these things is obviously going to pull down the contrast because the more white you add to these two colors, the the closer they're both going to get. They're not going to be very far apart from each other because they're both ending up having a lot of white in them. Uh, fully saturated colors are going to create more contrast. Basically, again, if you're using the best way to get contrast is to use those complementary colors because they are so different. The next thing we want to take a look at is proportion, and this really plays a big part. Although the concept may seem very simple, um, it it really plays a big part in how your colors look and how they end up making your design look and feel. The color with the largest area will of course be the most dominant color in your design, and uh, this is good to know because you need to choose wisely. For some things, it might be acceptable to have your dominant color be fluorescent green. For most things, it probably is not. Uh, You're probably going to be wanting to use a color that's not so obtrusive, but uh, that's a good reason to know which color is the dominant one. We also have what are called accent colors, and these are colors that take up a very small area of your design, but they really add visual contrast. And the deal here is it might be just some kind of border if you have like a a newsletter and you're adding a border around it or maybe a border around a picture. Maybe there are small little graphics that show up around the edges of your design. But basically what we're doing here is using a, a color that's very different. So we're going to be using light colors. If the overall color of our design is dark, then we're going to want to use light colors to offset that. And vice versa, we're going to use dark colors on a very light color design. Now if you use large areas of light colors, it's obviously going to make your whole layout look light, look more light in nature. And on the flip side, if you use large areas of dark colors, obviously your whole layout is going to be kind of darker. And this this is important because this can affect things like the mood. And a good example of this is if you're designing a movie poster, you're probably not going to want to have large areas of dark colors if you're making a movie poster for a love story movie on the flip side. If you're making a, a movie poster for a horror flick, you're probably not going to u- want to use a lot of light colors. Now this doesn't always ring true for everything because actually one just came to mind. The, the movie saw the, I remember seeing the DVD box for that and it's very light in color and uh, you know, sometimes you can break the rules. That's, that's for sure. But even just going a step further and saying maybe not even the movie poster But the movie itself, or even TV shows, you notice when you watch TV shows, if it's like some kind of cop show, like a CSI show, where they're investigating murders, the overall lighting of that show is going to be darker. And if you're watching a comedy, they want you to be in a good mood, so everything's lighter. People wear bright colors. And uh, this just goes along with the same thinking here. Even though some of it is actually just talking about how they light scenes, it's the same idea. And of course... Uh, The color comes from the light, so it it directly relates that way. But you kind of get the idea of how even the proportion, how much of one color you use can really play into how it's going to affect the people that are looking at it. So now that we've looked at the theory of color, albeit a very quick look, we've we've got a good base of knowledge there of how colors work together and how we can use them effectively to, to get different results. Now we need to look at... What are we using these colors for how you choose the color has a lot to do with what you're actually trying to portray in your design what message you're trying to get across what you're trying to sell and you have to ask yourself some questions Uh, the first of which would be what kind of mood am i trying to portray with this we looked at a couple of different things Uh, the last one was proportion if we use a lot of light colors uh, things are going to be light in nature, and that's going to give you a lighter mood. If things are darker, you're going to have a darker mood. In addition to that, we looked at the two different sides, or the two different halves of the color wheel. The active colors versus the passive ones. Again, the passive ones would be the, the darker, the blues. And the, the active ones would be the reds and oranges. And again, kind of goes back to that same thing. Reds and oranges, for the most part, are attributed to happy things to to warm to feeling good cold colors like blue and greens and some of the purples are more attributed to sadness or a darker mood even so these things these are things that we need to to keep in our view the next question you might ask yourself is what kind of product are you selling or what kind of service are you trying to get these people interested in, whoever your audience is. And a good example here would be an energy drink versus a body lotion. And this is going to kind of play out the same way as the the love story movie and the horror flick. Whereas an energy drink, if you're making an ad for that, or you're making a website for an energy drink, you want everybody to be very excited about it. You want, well, the whole thing portrays energy, right? So you're going to want to have very vibrant colors. You're going to have those active colors, the oranges, the yellows, the reds. You're really going to play that up. That's that's an int- instance where if you have an ad in a magazine, it might not be such a bad idea to have the whole background of the ad be bright orange or bright yellow. Whereas for a lot of products out there, that's probably not the best of ideas. Now, these bright colors can also be used just to grab attention in general. Um, a good example that comes to mind would be, um, oh, geez, what's their name now? I guess it would be Sprint now. It used to be Nextel, but uh, I believe Nextel and Sprint combined to make one company. All of their their logo is in yellow. Well, actually, it's black on top of yellow, which, as you'll notice, I pointed out a while ago. Those are very good contrasting colors, very good complementary colors. Uh, I guess they wouldn't necessarily be complementary because black isn't in the color wheel, but um, they're very they're very contrasting, and uh, it really it really brings out the the best of in each of those colors. But uh, that's a good example of just grabbing attention with a very bright color. It doesn't really necessarily have anything to do with the product that they're selling because they're cell phones, but it, just, it grabs your attention because it's a very, very distinct color. Uh, the other flip side of my energy, energy drink example would be something like body lotion. If you're making an ad for body lotion or a coupon or a website then you're probably not going to be using bright yellow and bright orange. Uh, for that matter, you might not even be using the deep blues or purples. But you're probably going to more likely be using a tint of those colors, adding a lot of white to them to get some kind of pastel-looking colors. And it, it's just it goes along with that whole thinking of this is this is the the emotion that you get from these colors. Pastels tend to give you that easy feeling, kind of a cool feeling, kind of uh, subdued, very soft in nature, whereas those bright yellows and bright oranges and reds really scream vibrance and energy and happiness. That's why you'll notice a lot of uh, uh, candy wrappers as well will use those really vibrant colors because uh, we associate candy as something that makes us feel good. When you eat that chocolate, it feels so good, doesn't it? The last thing you might want to take into well you probably want to take into account is who you are designing for now if you have a product that's pretty much only for women or solely for women uh, most things you can't say that about but again i'll use the example of the body lotion when they market body lotion they're most likely not marketing it for men they're not thinking a man is going to go out and buy some body lotion there are body lotions that are made for men, blah, blah, blah. Yes, those have different colors on them. And that's probably a good example. Go to your, your local store and pick up a body lotion that's made for women and one that's made for women, for men, and look at how they package those things. Look at the different colors that are on those. They're very, very different because men react to different colors and women react to different colors. Women tend to like those softer colors, the pastels, the purples, the pinks. Men don't generally like pinks, purples. Men like blue. They like green. They like colors that, that represent strength and power. And that brings me to the next thing I was going to talk about, which was this book that I got. Another good way to to figure out what kind of colors you need to use in your designs. You can always go out and get a book. You can get a book about anything about design, and color is definitely one of those. Uh, the one that I'm going to be referencing here is called the Pantone guide to color communication or color. Actually, let me try that again. The Pantone guide to communicating with color. And this is, this was written by Leatrice Eisman. I think that's right. Uh, I'll put a link up to Amazon or somewhere where you can get this book. I think it's a very good book. Um, You don't necessarily have to get this one. Go to your local bookstore and look at what they have. They should have a few different books about color theory, about using colors, about choosing colors, and they're all probably going to be pretty good. If you take anything away from it at all, it's going to be good for you. So uh, this is just the one that I found in my store that that looked appealing to me. Uh, I'll just go over what's in it. Basically, creating color schemes, I show you how to do that. Feeling color, color awareness, and where does it come from. How we see color or how we perceive color, uh, the color families and the emotional impact of those, the color selection process, and then last but certainly not least, color combinations. And I wanted to go through some of the examples that they had here, because this is what will really show you kind of the things that I've been talking about today. If I can find the section here basically what they did is throw together a bunch of different color combinations. Some of them are two colors. Some of them are three colors. And uh, the first one they have is serene. And these are all very cool colors. A lot of pastels, a lot of blues and violets and some tan. Uh, The next one is earthy, which of course is a lot of oranges like dark oranges and browns, some reds, some, uh, some kind of mustard yellow type colors. Mellow which would be all pastels, very, very bright, lots of peaches and pinks, uh, very very light or very light tints of yellow. Muted, which is a little bit darker than the uh, than the mellow colors, but a lot of the same things. they added in some greens as well, uh, some browns, some some blues. Let's find some different ones here. Romantic colors, which of course is purples and pinks and baby blues. Uh, Some tans in there as well, some greens. Sensual, which is a lot of reds and pinks, Uh, fuchsias, some black in there as well, Uh, some oranges, but mainly the pinks and the reds. Powerful, and let me just say that the first one on the list here, and on the powerful ones, is the yellow and black. Like I said, a very powerful combination. The next one is a light red and a black, and then following that one is a green and a blue. A dark blue, and you find this one everywhere. If you just look at several different company websites, you'll see. You'll probably won't take you very long to find somebody who has a logo that's created with that uh, green and blue combination, and also the yellow and black. It works very well. But these ones, uh, there's there's all different kinds of ones here. A lot of them include black and some other brighter color, though. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, playful, And this would be, of course, for maybe designing packaging for toys or, or things that are geared towards kids. And, of course, these are a lot of almost fluorescent-looking colors. Um, very, very bright pinks and purples and yellows and greens. Um, blues as well. Almost to the extreme, too. Blue like cyan blue. And then, let's see what we got. Classic colors, which is a lot of muted like grays, blacks, browns, tans, those kinds of colors. So as you can see, a very good book, a very good resource. If nothing else, if you're designing a logo for someone and you you really need to find a color that, that portrays what they want you to portray, if they want to portray power or something that's sensual or something that's traditional, this kind of book can really help you at least get started at least get an idea. You might not use the exact colors that they have, and maybe not all of them actually tell you the values of the colors. This one of course did because it's made by Pantone, so they gave Pantone values for everything. But at least it'll give you an idea of what colors work together well and what those colors are going to be perceived as by the people who are looking at them. So. Uh, again, I'll put a link to Amazon or something to this particular book, but you don't necessarily have to have this book. I think it's just good to get go out and get a color book for yourself, something that you can reference and uh, get that information. Now that's what I call a rookie mistake. Our rookie mistake is kind of going to play against what we were just talking about. And that is you can't just... Choose colors for your project because you like them or you think they're cool, you think they look nice. And one thing I thought about when I was writing this down as well is we get back into that whole client thing and how much can you tell the client, no, you need to do it my way. And there are going to be instances where they want to use certain colors. Those colors might not portray what they're trying to say, but. you know, it's, it, really, it really comes to a point where sometimes you just have to give in and say, okay, we're using your colors. It's not always the, the easiest thing to do because that, that is not what you want to do. You want to pay attention to what your message is, who your audience is going to be, what kind of emotions you're wanting to evoke, and all those other things that we just talked about. You have to think about those things when choosing colors. Uh, if you have the ability to choose colors, if they're going to let you choose colors, then you definitely need to keep all that stuff in mind. Um, If you are not having an option, well, that's a different story. But if you do have the option, definitely take all those things into account and make the best decision that you can based on all of those factors. Things are getting a bit out of hand. Looks like it's time to go to the bullpen. Our website for today, of course, is the one that I've been telling you about. It's the sessions.edu and uh, the particular page that I'm going to put up is of course the one, well if you've been following along you know it's the page that has the little color calculator that they offer. Um, One thing I did want to point out as well, uh, this is actually for Sessions Online School of Design. I'm not sure what that is, I just stumbled upon this website on accident and found this. You'll notice on the left hand side though there's a left hand navigation and the one that's open is called Design Tools and that of course includes this color calculator. If you look down uh, a couple of entries below that, it says freelance templates and contracts. A lot of people have been asking me about these as well. This was something I went over in one of those first 20 episodes. Uh, you can still find the episode, but the links no longer work. The, the, uh, I had some some templates for contracts there, and that page is no longer there. So you might want to try these out. I haven't looked at them myself, but they have a lot of different ones, a lot of different scenarios, web marketing, um, sales rep, art approval, creative strategy, invoice, job jackets, different questionnaires. I don't know if this is going to be exactly what you're looking for, but you might need, you might be able to get some information that you need from that. Uh, I've also told a couple of people, if you would like to see my actual contract that I use for freelancing, can always send me an email and i will send you a copy of that no problem and you can use as much or as little of it as you want uh, just send me an email to adam at rookiedesigner.com and, and ask me for that but anyways back to the website um, yeah i just kind of stumbled upon this I, I knew i wanted to do color as the topic so i think this is a very good tool this little color calculator uh, it helps you pick uh, different combinations of colors you get to see it in the little design area and then you can, it gives you values for RGB, CMYK, and HTML as well. And it has a little clipboard that you can actually save the color info to there and uh, retrieve it later. So I thought it was a pretty cool little thing. So check it out if you got the time. And hopefully, if you were listening to this, you, you got to play along with me. All right, just one more reminder that the old episodes, the episodes 1 through 20, are up now. You just go to slash rookie On the top navigation, click on the archive button, and you'll see links for all those pages. Again, you will have to go in. You put them in the in the cart, in the shopping cart, and you have to basically check out, almost like you're buying them, but you're not. They are still free. Keep that in mind. Um, but this is how you get those. You are going to have to create an account with that website as well to be able to download them. But once you do that. The hard part is over, and you get to get that great content that you're looking for. Well, I'll say great for some of it, uh, not for the first few. Those were those, those were the rough ones. Anyways, um, as I offload episodes off of the feed to keep it to keep it trimmed down, they are going to go up to this website, so you'll always be able to get those there. So just uh, remember that. And I was also asking that uh, you go and make sure that you download Quick Tips episodes 39 through 41 to help me out with my sponsorship so I can make lots of money and be happier with my life. All right. Again, I ask that you tell a friend, tell a coworker, tell a classmate, tell anyone about this podcast. And if they don't know how to use a podcast, please show them how. It's only going to take you about five minutes, but it's going to mean the world to them because if they don't know, then they need to know. You can contact me, as you always can. I've said it a few times already, but you can email me at adam at rookiedesigner.com. You can call the call-in line 619-573-4043 or Skype me at titanstrides. And both of those go to a message machine where you can leave me a voicemail. Or you can go to MySpace.com Rookie Designer. And uh, if you're into the MySpace thing, there's lots of people up there that you can meet and talk to. And last but certainly not least, you can register on the forum. Always a good thing to do. Lots of great people. Hundreds of designers up there from around the world that you can talk to. You can have uh, questions answered if you need questions answered. Or you can just BS with people up there, and that is cool too. All right. That's about it for this one. I want to thank everybody for listening. I always seem to save the thanks for the end of the podcast, but that certainly doesn't mean that it's not important. You guys are very important to me, and I appreciate you guys listening every week. And I especially appreciate the people that write in to me uh, with questions or with comments about the show. Definitely, if you have comments, if if you maybe have an idea of how we can make this show better, definitely let me know. Uh, anything else you want to tell me? It's it's more than welcome. But thank you, thank you so much for subscribing, and listening to me every week. And just remember, everyone's a rookie before they're an all star. That one's high. It's got the distance. It's. High. Yeah.
1: Got a book of matches. I've got a can of kerosene. I got some bad ideas involving you and me. I don't blame you for walking away. I touch myself at thoughts of flames. I sat the bed. I lay there in it thinking of you. Wide awake for days. Wide awake. Found you tongue tied. My twisted little brain. You couldn't crack a smile. I didn't catch your name. I don't blame you for walking away. I'd do the same if I saw me. I swear it's not contagious. And for short steps, we can erase this. Step one, Slip my throat. Step two, blame my blood. Demands. I couldn't meet them, so you cut off my fingers, one by one, one by one. I'm like a broken record. I've got a needle scratching me. It injects the poisons of alcohol. i be. I don't blame you for. I do the same if I saw me, I swear it's not contagious, I swear to God it's not contagious, step one, slit my throat, step two, blade my